continuing the series uh, this morning, and uh, we've been first things first, just talking about uh, getting things right, uh, transitioning to what God wants for our soul, and uh, you're here because you care about things like that, and I appreciate that. I want to talk a little bit about, for me, when I think about what uh, has resulted from Polaris Christian Church existing. There's a lot of things that I enjoy, a lot of things that I'm proud of, um, that I'm happy to be a part of, uh, that I'm humbled to be a part of, but one of the things that brings me the most joy is when I see people who have been here a while, who have connected deeply, and who sort of live life together. Like, it's not uncommon at Polaris for um, uh, people to meet, uh, families who didn't know each other, they meet at Polaris, they get involved and connected, and then one of them maybe transfers, uh, well, a job transfer, moves them across the country, and they still fly back and forth, or drive back and forth to keep in touch. Like, that means a lot to me to think, man, that kind of community happened through what we do at Polaris. Um, uh, I know that, that some of you met at Polaris and you vacationed together. Like, for me, that, wow, that's, first of all, it's amazing when you can like somebody enough to vacation with them. That's a dangerous friendship move. But when I hear that, and we even have, we have elders that vacation together, which for me, that kind of unity at the top is what makes for a strong and healthy church. And so, um, like Larry and Larry and Debbie and Patty, uh, Larry, and, Larry and Patty and Larry, that's hard to say. Larry and Patty and Larry and Debbie, uh, they vacation together, uh, which just thrills me. And then, anyway, all that to say, I love to see those kinds of friendships develop, to know that like there's St. Patty's Day parties and vacations together and backyard fires and going to ball games together and things like that. I just, I love it. Love it. Um, go to weddings or do weddings every now and then of couples that met at Polaris uh, and, and at those receptions when there's, you know, dancing and laughing and fun um, to think to see the Polaris families together as in friendships that, that are now just enjoying the highs of life together. That just brings me, on a personal level, there have, been, there have been times at wedding receptions where I've just sat back and watched like the dance floor just alive. That's because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting, notice I'm sitting. Um, but I just think, man, this is, this is Polaris out there right now happening on the dance floor. Um, and I love that. On the other side, through tragedies. That's where I really see it. I can think of a time when there was an ICU waiting room overtaken by ladies at Polaris because one of their own was dying in the ICU. And the doctors and nurses asked me, who, who was she? Like, like, who was she, the patient? I said, that's just, she was a part of a ladies' Bible study. Um, that kind of response, that is genuine love and care and community that's happened from the family of God. And so it's those moments when, when people find connectivity with each other as they walk with Jesus that means the most to me. So through this series, we're talking about a growing friendship with Jesus. Real quick review. John 15, 15, Jesus says this. 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. So Jesus says, I want, I want friendship. You think about uh, religion, you know, the, the, the ritual, sit, stand, kneel to placate God, follow the rules, fall in line, like almost like you're God's robot or God's servant. But Jesus paints a different picture. He says, I'm, I'm ready for friends. I want friendship. And so for me, what I want to do, my, I want to spend my life doing is not only growing in my own friendship with Jesus, but kind of inviting people to get away from the other ideas of church and God and religion and move toward friendship with Jesus. And I think that there's really, uh, when it comes down to it, there's, there's three basic uh, expressions in that friendship with Jesus. And the first is, is best, um, uh, the, the icon that, that uh, I like to use is treasure. As Jesus says, life with me is like a treasure that you'd give anything to get. You'd trade anything to get this treasure. And so you think in terms of that treasure, you cross the line of faith. You say yes to Jesus and invite his friendship into your life. And then you develop spiritual habits as a part of that uh, treasure. And those habits become a kind of treasure. Now, specifically, I want to see everybody at Polaris take like 15 minutes a day Set your alarm for 15 minutes, five days a week, and read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the life and teachings of Jesus. And if you will just take 15 minutes a day, five days a week, 50 weeks a year, give yourself a couple weeks off, you'll be an expert in the life and teachings of Jesus. You will, very quickly. And that will be a treasure. And then the third part of that is, is letting your life be overtaken by the lifestyle of Jesus. You're surrendering your lifestyle to him. So that's all a part of the treasure, and then you become a treasure for the people around you as well. The second thing, the second expression uh, that's a part of a growing friendship with Jesus that I really want us all to focus on is, is a table. Like if you use the icon of a table, because a part of uh, the Jesus community for 2,000 years, uh, there's this table thing that happens eating together and sharing life together. And that's what we're talking about <clears throat> this morning. I want to start to dive in this week and next week into the, the idea of the table uh, expression of friendship with Jesus. So, let's talk about some institutions we're all familiar with because I think that it's easy if we're not careful to, to, to think of a church, what we naturally do. Uh, we, we find categories and we, we put things into boxes so when you think about what does God want the church to be, it would be easier for us to try to put it into a box that we're familiar with. So let me give you an example. How many of you here have been to a movie in your life? Anybody here been to a movie? We've all been to a movie. Polaris used to exist in a cinema. That's why we still have a 26-foot screen that we incorporated into our, into our uh, new space when we moved in here in 2013, I think it was. Um, movies... You go in, you go into a building, you sit in chairs that face a, a stage or, or a, a screen, and you go there for an hour, and uh, it's, it's pretty consumer. You go there, you, you take in content. You uh, laugh, just like you might in a church. You cry, like you might in a church. You think, like you might in a church. You applaud every now and then, and sometimes you even fall asleep because the content is boring. I get it. But then you go home afterward until you want 
to go to another movie because you're interested in a topic, right? You're probably not mingling with people you don't know in the cinema lobby. I hope you're not looking for friends in the cinema lobby. Um, probably not inviting people to lunch that you don't really know well afterward in the cinema lobby. I hope you're not. That's kind of weird. Uh, unless you're like trying to get a date. Maybe you know, you'd do something like that in the cinema lobby. But it's a very in and out kind of experience. And if we're not careful, we could, when we think about church, we have a similar, you know, you got a building, you got a screen, you got a chairs that face forward, you got content being given. You could end up treating church like you would a movie. Let's talk about a country club. Okay, country club, um, you, uh, you, you, you join, and it's a club of people who generally think the same way or share the same uh, basic uh, kinds of, of ideas about life, and you you, uh, you, you enjoy the amenities, amenities, amenities. I typed that out for the first time in my life in my transcript for this, and it is actually the word amen, it is. Like, A-M-E-N. I always tried to shimmy an N at the front of the word, and I could never say the word. And I was like, oh, amenities. There's no N up front. That's your takeaway for today. If you wanted to know how to properly say amenities. That's all I got. Um, anyway, you go there, it's a consumer experience, right? I mean, there might be a little bit of social, but it primarily, I think, happens at the country club. You golf, you swim at the pool, whatever. Um, but it's still a consumer thing, would you agree? Like, you're not serving, you're not really, you're there to, to consume what you're paying for, uh, where it benefits you and your family, and then you go home and you have your, your normal life. Well, let's think about hospitals, we're all familiar with hospitals. That's a, you know, a building that you uh, go to uh, as little as possible unless you work there. And you go there when you're sick. You're sick and you go there to get better. And then you don't go there just to hang out and build friendships. I'm not interested in being around the hospital when I don't have to be. And if we're not careful, we can treat church like that, right? Where we go as little as possible when we, need, when we need something from God, when we're spiritually sick or when we have, you know, a crisis and we go there and we make our deal with God and we hang out as little as possible and then when that's all fixed, we leave and we're gone until the next crisis, right? It's an approach. Let's talk about religion. Religion itself is kind of an institution, but like I said earlier, you're usually a collection of people who believe the same stuff. But when it comes to religion, oftentimes that you go into the building and you believe the right stuff and you say the right stuff and you put your envelope in the plate and you get the wafer and you sit, stand, kneel at the appropriate times and then you leave, hoping to be unseen and undisturbed on your way out, not looking to engage beyond the bare minimum, the Sunday morning obligation of placating God. And if we're not careful, we can look at church and religion and try to mix the two. Let's look at another institution. Let's talk about family. That's an interesting institution. Not building-centric, and let's, let's, when we talk about family, let's go C plus and better. Because I know there are some, there's some crazy dysfunction, just really bad family stuff out there. So let's, 
Let's just talk about like C plus or better. Average American family, um, or even beyond, no, no reason for it to be an American family, but just, just average family life and you think about the Thanksgiving table. That's a kind of diverse place, right? Everybody might look similar, but there's different ideas about life. There's different approaches to life around that table. Big Thanksgiving family table, you got some Republicans, you got some Democrats, you got some independents. You got some flat earthers, right? There's a flat earther or two. There's a Steelers fan. They use their own silverware to dip into the serving trays because they're archaic Neanderthal people. There's a vegan. There's different orientations and different approaches to life. There's all kinds of variety of people around that table, but they're committed to each other. You might not always like everything about the people around the table, but if you're in a semi-healthy family, you're committed to the people around the table. You're there for them. You serve each other, you love each other, you help each other, you care for each other. It is not a consumer experience to be a part of a family. If you're a parent of a teen, you spend a lot of your time trying to teach that this is not a consumer experience. But that's a family. Now, with those institutions in mind, I'd like to take a look at the scriptures at the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a historical book where we learn what life looked like as the Jesus community broke out. Okay, so Jesus ascended and, uh, and the, the people that followed him were commissioned to be the church. Okay, And we're going to see what they looked like and we can compare it to some of the institutions that we talked about. So this is Acts 2, 42 through 47. This was the very first uh, scripture that I ever uh, gave a sermon about uh, when I was 18 years old at a Sunday night service at my church. I got up and in three minutes said everything I knew about God and hoped I would never be in front of people again. <coughs> it's funny when you tell God what you will and won't do with your life. All right, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That word for fellowship is koinonia. It means deep sharing. It means having uh, things in common. The apostles' teaching was the scripture. So they devoted themselves to the scripture and to fellowship. The breaking of bread, which is a mixture of communion and eating together. It's like spiritual, um, um, spiritual meals, so to speak. And to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another, to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
That word saved there is sozo. It means to be made whole or complete. Now, what a vision for a group of people. That's what happened when the Jesus movement broke out. Like That is a picture of sharing and love and protection and care and community. That's God's dream for his church. And that can happen. I have seen it. But that doesn't sound like a movie, would you agree? Where you walk in and you see the thing and then you go home to your uh, everyday life apart from a building. And that doesn't sound like a country club where you go and enjoy the amenities and then you go home and do your own thing when you're no longer at the building. Would you agree that that doesn't sound like that in Acts 2? And it doesn't sound like a hospital either. Now, there were there was serious healings happening in the first century. And some people maybe did just go there to be made well, but they were a part of the community then. It wasn't just bare minimum and then leave. You were a part of the healing community. And what we see in Scripture is when people tried to take advantage of that, it didn't go well for them. And it was far from just a religion where people showed up, went through rituals, believed the right stuff, and then left as fast as they could to go on to do their normal life thing. This was a family. This was a family. And everybody was expected to be a part of it. And real quick, I want you to see what happened when people saw what God was doing through the church. There was great favor among everybody, and everyone wanted to be a part of it. Everybody wanted to be a part of that. It says they added the daily. We were made for this. We were made for this. And I can tell you that, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm 46 now. Um, when I started at Polaris, I, was, I could have gone to 18 to 1824 ministry. Um, I was 22 years old. And, um, you know, we've raised kids, and, and I see that, that, that there is a level of community that people can develop as they walk with Jesus if they're intentional about it. Um, and nothing compares to it. I see what passes for friendships. And it's oftentimes conversation that can barely transcend gossip and here's what my kids are doing. And then there's the level of depth that happens when people will walk with Jesus in friendship with him and in friendship with each other. And there's a different level to that kind of community and to that kind of conversation. And I hope you'll go for God's best. Now, one of the things we want to do with this series is to really practically say as a church, this is what we can do to help you along the way. So that's what I want to do right now, but I want you to realize that this is something you got to own. We can't, we can't get you connected. We can create on-ramps, but we can't get you connected. you you got to go for it. And this is some places to start. Okay, number one, real practical. You use that QR coding to download the app. 
I know you can't digitize friendship. You can't have virtual, like, you know, a pro, but that's, that's something digital that, that, that's going to be an on-ramp for you. And, and so you download the app, <clears throat> and we divide our app into the treasure table towel. Okay? Treasures, stuff that grow directly with Jesus. Table, our table, is all this community. It's, it's front door for community that we've been talking about. And if you tap on the Our Table button, it takes you to the second screen here. And you're going to see men's and women's stuff. Now men, our, our men's ministry is, is kind of revamped after COVID. And people are pretty excited about it. Here's a first step, guys, and I hope you'll do this. Okay, The best way that we communicate in our men's ministry is if you will go and touch Our Table and tap Men and then scroll down. And, and people have already done this. I just checked my phone earlier today uh, in, in my email and go join our text groups. We have about five text groups just to populate so there's not more than 10 people on each text thread. And it's about 60 names right now. And, and we just kind of push out info like, hey, uh, this Saturday we're doing our donut thing. Uh, this Tuesday I'm getting together with some guys at Lizardville. Who wants in? Uh, we've also done that with needs, including, uh, hey, does anybody have an excavator? Okay, can anybody safely use an excavator? Uh, helping people move, all kinds of stuff that we use that for. So it's been a great way to communicate with men, to get stuff done, and to join together. And so um, I really would love for you to um, sign up for that text thread if you haven't yet. Just no obligation kind of thing to stay informed. That's men. Women, we got Bible studies. And like I said, man, uh, our ladies' Bible studies, there is some serious connection that happens through our ladies' Bible studies. And uh, ladies, I would love for you to check that out on the women's tab. Now, we also have a couple groups. I mean, I talked about 1824. Right now, that's going to be a Bible study for 18 to 24-year-olds. It's also some hangout stuff. So if that's relevant to you, age between 18 and 24, just click that, sign up, and our student pastor, Dave Ivey, who leads that ministry, will get with you to tell you more about that. We have a couple groups. The Wences um, are, for the most part, an empty nester group, lots of deep community there. And then younger families, not necessarily limited to younger families, but it just kind of is who it's made up of, um, that is um, Kate and Ben Barnes. So they're going to come up and tell you a little bit about their group, and then and you can get more information about that through the R table section and groups. After that, Adam's going to tell you about the R table event coming up, and then we'll do one last song. Kate and Ben Barnes. Hey everyone, I'm Ben. This is Kate. Hi. You probably recognize her as the children's director. She directs more than children. Um, Uh, but no, she has a great team back there. But uh, yeah, every Thursday night, we get together. We have a little group at our house. Uh, again, just kind of what Pastor Alex was saying, uh, community is huge. Uh, biblical community has changed my life and has changed Kate's life. Uh, and it can change your life. And, and we really want to provide that for, for anyone. So uh, every Thursday... Uh, well, uh, first, Kate, who, who should come? <laughs> We're well planned. Uh, so who should come? You. 
<laughs> so we really welcome anybody, all walks of life. Um, we really believe that the church should be multi-generational, and so should our group. Um, currently, like Alex said, right now we're comprised of families with kids, but we also have single moms. We also um, would love to have empty nesters or wherever you are in life. If you're in college, that's totally fine. Um, we really believe that what we are going through right now might help you and what you're going through today might help us later, right? When we do life together, um, we can build each other up and help each other out. Um, it's also for your kids. So um, really, if you come to our house on a Thursday night, the kids rule the roost and it's kind of crazy and hilarious. Um, the kids are a huge driver for our group. They love each other. Um, they really understand what church is about, honestly, better than we do most days. Um, they get in and they play together and they get in there and we do a little lesson with them and we pray with them and they're actually learning how to be a little church community themselves. So if you come to our house on a Thursday, you essentially, we start at 6.15 um, and we hang out and about 6.30 we start the lesson, we're done by 7.30 and then the most important part is we eat snacks after that and hang out and you're welcome to leave right away or come stay with us and that kind of thing. So yeah. So Ben, why do we do what we do? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Um, no, uh, no, like, like, like we had said earlier, uh, commun biblical community really does change you. Uh, and like you mentioned, people have different perspectives. People have have seen different things and have lived through different things, and all those experiences bundled together can help everyone else as well. Uh, and it's, this isn't a scary, our group isn't all that scary. It's really laid back and comfortable, and, and we, we learn, and uh, you know, when people have issues, we, we step up and we take care of one another. And we really have created a lot of friendships, and these friendships will last forever. Um, also, uh, you don't have to come every week, right? We have some people who come every, every couple weeks. Uh, we have some people, you know, it, try it out, show up. If, if it's not for you, if you think these guys are crazy, then yeah, there's another group for you. Uh, but we really want you to be plugged into a group uh, because this community is uh, really essential for our faith. And yeah, I don't know. What else should we talk about? We, the snacks. Uh, we have a lot of snacks. So uh, I think right now we're on bugles is the big one for the kids. You put them on their little fingers. It's fun times. So I don't know. Uh, what, anything else that we should tell them about? No, I think we're good. No? Okay. Come on up. I don't have any bugles. Um, but I do want to invite you to our table because I know it could be weird sitting in a room full of 150 people and say, hey, just I'm going to show up at your door because you said it to everybody. That could be scary. We are growing as a church, which is awesome. And so the Our Table event on February 11th is just a simple, simple on-ramp for you to come and learn about getting plugged in. We are going to feed you. We will have some snacks. So if you are SVP, we'll make sure we have something for you. But we just want you to know that there's a place for you here at Polaris and we want to do our best to help you connect. So I hope you'll join us.